<clears throat> Worm Hockey Podcast is back, episode 98. We are back with you. All right, all right, uh, all right. Recording this kind of back-to-back with our last episode, so there will be at least uh, one major n- noteworthy news um, thing to d- discuss off the bat that will be about a week old once this airs. But um, we will touch on that. Uh, before we get started, make sure you head to social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Worm the Hockey Podcast, at Worm the Hockey Podcast, respectfully, and uh, like and follow us there. Um, engage with us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Uh, and YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, share, rate, and review, and we hope you continue to enjoy. War Room Hockey Podcast, episode 98. Start things off with one half of the Eichel saga is concluded. <laughs> the other half being the medical issue, but yeah. uh, one half of the drama surrounding Eichel is complete. He is Vegas-bound, uh, Sin City-bound, uh, he- Eichel and a 2023 third round third round pick going to Vegas for Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and two draft picks. Yes, going back and the those other will way. be conditional because they are top ten. The the first rounder is top ten protected, but the main part of this story, uh, well, there's there's a couple of real big items here. Number one, uh, I'm very disappointed in my Movember effort. Five days in, very disappointing. Uh, kind of, kind of shameful. I've got to do better. I keep growth concentration, but it is just not happening. And I would believe I'm in third place out of three right now. Jack Eichel trade. This is a rare one. Three players and three draft picks trade places and both teams lost. You got Alex Tuck who won't play this year. Great talent when he's healthy. Probably will be healthy again. You got Eichel, who won't play this year. Great talent when he's healthy. You've got Peyton Krebs, who is probably going to be a Paul Stastny kind of solid second-round guy in his prime. But he's going to be so alone in Buffalo. I mean, they're playing well for what they have so far. But, wow, they've got... got now kicked the rebuild down the road as we said before two or three more years because they've got to they've got to draft again and again uh they might not be done drafting until 23 which means that those guys won't be in the league until maybe 25 does it, do you think vegas gets a bigger haul if it weren't for eichel's injury issue or not vegas buffalo if buffalo gets more of a blockbuster type yeah type return I do. if it weren't for Eichel's injury. Yep, I do. Because I, I, this is this is as close, they call it a blockbuster, but when you look at it, it's as close to a solid hockey trade as as you're going to get, not a blockbuster totally. superstar type trade. It's as close to a hockey trade as you're going to get. Absolutely. Especially, now think about this. Vegas has been a cup contender for the last, for ever since they came in the league. They are now without Mark Stone for the year. They're without Alex Tuck forever. Is that for the year? Did yes. You heard Stone that? Stone is LTIR and not expected back, maybe in the spring. I don't know. Pacioretty, long-term injured reserve. Tuck is gone. Peyton Krebs is gone. Eichel Jack Eichel, Eichel will won't not play. play. So, and that's guaranteed too, right? And Bill Carlson now is all gone. He's he and Eichel will not play minimum if he he's cleared for surgery as of the middle of November. If he gets that surgery and it's 
ideally successful, you might see him end of February, early March. By then, with Carlson, Pacioretty, and Stone out of the lineup, and with Leonard still nothing but a question mark in net, this could be a lottery team. Could Vegas actually flunk into lottery position with this team being as decimated as it is with injury? Could happen. So if Buffalo picks up Alex Tuck, who's a stud when he's going, and they get Alex and they get Peyton Krebs, who is an up-and-coming star. He's not never going to be a game breaker, maybe, but he's going to be a star. They get a, a high first-round pick, a second-round pick, and and they get rid of the $10 million salary. They could really have a good rebuild on their hands, but it's still going to be two or three years down the road. So, yeah, I, I, like, I like what Buffalo did for the most part. But if you are, if you're Skinner or even, even Darlene, who's been really, really, I want to, I don't want to say poor, but I've seen him on a lot of highlight films, but on the wrong side of him. That's going around though. I mean, Buffalo's hurting and they've been hurting for 10 years, but, but that's going around though, to be fair. I mean, for crying out loud, Kill McCarr is minus on yeah. a year and, okay. and things like that. So, I mean, the, it's going around. So there's something something in the water if you really want to go that way with defensemen right now. And it's hard enough, as you know, for a young defenseman to look good in this league when he's on a decent team because a good young defenseman is going to be out there like Dolan or McCarr is going to be out there all the time with, against the best guys. So in his defense, yeah, they, the team is... They're not good, even though their record would indicate that they're they're punching above their weight a little bit. He's he's still going to be out there against the best players, and he's going to suffer. But those guys, those young guys that are in their mid twenties or so right now in Buffalo, they're going to be thirty by the time they see any turnaround. It's going to be a tough go. For as poor as they're playing, I've been impressed with uh, Bowen Byram. Oh what man, he's, what he's done! Two goals last night, and he. Compa- compared to where he was last year when he when he looked out of place <laughs> remember early on last year he yeah. just looked he, he looked like he didn't belong he looked out of place so there's a reason why was... he was sent back to Vancouver yeah. and yeah. now he's you, he's a stud he in what, sure he's do, is. what he's doing so I mean as poor as that team is playing right now they he he looks good so that's at least a bright spot um teams to watch out for that though between now and if you really want to just be broad with it, the trade deadline yep. teams that were in on Eichel because they're not just going to go, Oh, well, okay. We like our team. We, you were in on Eichel for a reason. Right. So Boston, uh, I think Chicago sniffed around Calgary, Calgary, Colorado. Yeah. Um, these teams, uh, and there's, there's a few others, but these teams, Carolina was right. rumored to be a, was rumored to be taking a swing at them. These teams don't sniff around a guy like Eichel, lose out on him, and then go, oh, well, we were just curious. We, we like our team, so we're good. <laughs> so those teams are teams to look out for making some moves because clearly they had a, a hole to fill, which is why they were looking at Eichel. So it would, it, it, it would seem that way, but where would, they, where would they put him in Carolina? Or why? Where would you put him in Calgary when they're playing so well? So here's what 
here's what I always struggled with as a coach. This kid wants to play. He's not playing enough minutes. He wants to play on the first power play unit. Who do we take off? Every time you, if you put Jack Eichel in the lineup, you got to take somebody off for about 20 minutes a night. Where do you, who do you take those minutes away from in Carolina or Calgary, either one, when they are playing this well? Boston, I could see for depth behind Bergeron. He'd be a killer in Boston, and they've got the cap space maneuverability to do it. Colorado, he'd be he'd be okay in Colorado, one two with McKinnon there. Yeah, um, but that yeah, yeah. and they're playing poor enough that you could justify it. If they were, let's see, they've played nine games. If they were seven and two, yeah, then I'd go. Cadre's looking good. Leave it alone. Right. They're four four and one, and and not a good four four and one. When no. you watch them play, they look. They, it looks pathetic to be, quite, to be quite honest. It looks, yep. it's embarrassing as a fan to watch. So from that perspective, okay, you can, you can see him fitting in, but again, what do you give up for a guy who's not going to play all year? Right. So I, yeah. speaking of giving things up and you, you know how high we were on Connor Timmons for two or three years, couldn't seem to stay healthy. Now, apparently ACL out all year and gone for the year. Poor kid. Very talented kid. Between the concussion, now the lower body injuries, and I mean he's he's not been able to put twenty games together so far. Yeah. So wish him the best. Well, uh, let's we touched on that. Let's transition. Uh, we mentioned it last week. We'll spend ten or fifteen minutes on it, and and make this week another shorter episode. But um, a lot going on in Chicago. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> since this is going to be a little bit abbreviated, it's going to take this one and number 99 probably probably to, to So this will be a properly part, cover part 1 episode of yeah. of what's going on in Chicago to be continued. Um there's there's a lot going on first of all not the least of which I don't I think they've they've now have their first win. <laughs> yes. So they're one and Eight, one and nine, whatever, however many, one and seven, whatever they've played. Came close to beating Carolina a couple nights ago. One and seven. To in, respectfully, they they battle. You know they. Oh yeah. Oh and seven. They're not at. They're not getting beat ten nothing. So they're there, but they finally got their first win. But then you address things like Kyle Beach and different things like that yeah. that's going on and it kind of makes and it kind of puts and then all the things that go along with it so, all the reported cover-ups all the oh yeah you know all this stuff and you got a team that's now no wins or one win bottom of the nhl mm-hmm. with two black eyes and and it no probably GM. won't it probably won't you're going to get more bruises before it gets better right. most likely so um hate to see Joe Quenville go. Uh, so uh, let's let's do this before before we get done at the end of 99, before we get done with this topic. Let's make sure that I mean everybody can identify the problem. That's simple. But here at War Room, if if all you do is identify what's wrong, you're just a bitch. Yeah. You got to identify the fix. You got to figure out the, the solution uh, any idiot can see the problem so before this is over we'll have that yep. and if you want to know how to fix this tune into war room next week for 99 yep. 
but there's so there's you know Quinville's a good coach. There's all this stuff that I'm and I'm careful. I'm careful to jump to the conclusion that these firings or resignings shouldn't take place. Just like I'm careful to say that they should, because I don't want to jump jump on the bandwagon like we're seeing in hockey culture right now that everybody's career and things should be ruined because of something somebody said happened yeah at the same time at the same time let's make the argument let's make the argument that this really occurred and oh, yeah. i'm not and based on what we know i'm 99.999% sure that Brad Aldrich committed a heinous thing it happened so make that all round round it up to a hundred percent it happened it happened so because it happened and here's my thing because it happened and we know it happened heads have to roll and it's a top-down thing and there's no way in that organization with in any organization in anything, USA Gymnastics, for crying out loud, anything like that, there's no way for you to say that you didn't know. Items, no. Whether you're Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, whether you're Stan Bowman, whether you're Joel Quenville, yes. there's no way for you to say that you didn't know that this at least was reported, yep. if not happening. Yeah, the and, kid cried for help. He, and, he... You, and in our day and age since, what, what year would you say that the real push... And you say push um, for health and mental health started. I'm gonna say ten years ago. So I remember it being oh eight oh nine yeah two thousand ten somewhere. Okay, along well in this there. occurred in two thousand ten. Right, and so my thing, and this is me, and I know here with War Room we we like to try and stay away from me, I feels, you know, all that stuff. But for this topic might just be me i'm of the belief that i don't care if you're in the stanley cup final i don't care if you're at home on the golf course i don't care what round it is mental health is a priority physical health is a priority if you have a predator doing something within your ranks and you and somebody your your brother in arms basically your your teammate your friend his girlfriend is friends with your wife who's god who's the godmother of your child like these things and you turn a blind eye and your reasoning to do so when it finally comes to the surface is well we were focused on winning no i i don't i don't like that no. the optics of that isn't don't look good and i don't respect it and not in the least at at, at the least at the least address it Look, at you, the very least. Yes. You don't get to you don't get it both ways. It doesn't matter if you're in show business or in the NBA or in the NHL or whatever you are, a rock star. Everybody's quick when it's easy and it's simple right now and you get lots of support and lots of love if you come out and shoot your mouth off about crazy ridiculous crap like Black Lives Matter. And as soon as you say that, oh, isn't he brave? Isn't he something else? He's socially conscious. That's baloney. That's simple. That's cowardly because you know you're going to get media support for it. When the going now gets tough, Evan, 
and there is controversy and there are going to be really, really difficult decisions made and, and people's careers and livelihoods and stuff dealt with harshly. Now, all of a sudden they want to say, Oh, I'm just, I'm just a player. I'm just focused on my job. My job is on the ice. That's not, you know, I don't get involved in that stuff. Well, baloney, you can't have it both ways. You simply don't. And then don't, attempt to take the coward's way out because we're not going to let you. Yeah. So Donald Fear's got to go. He knew about it and he didn't pass along the word. Kyle Beach deserves better than this. He'd suffered for 10 years, 11 years now. Good kid, career likely ruined by this. This is at the same time that Wade Belak and Rick Rippon and Derek Bugard lost their lives. There are some ugly things. Now, hear me through on this. There are some ugly things in the National Hockey League that need to be dealt with. There is, there at least was, significant fentanyl use, painkiller use. There were concussion issues, maybe still are. There is this one, at least that we know of, one sexual assault issue that has to be dealt with. There's a lot of things that the National Hockey League needs to make sure it cleans up. Hey, agreed. Mm -hmm. They need to make sure that there is a method to clean that up and we can get to that when we're done. But let's not pretend that there is a systemic problem in hockey. It is not across the board. This isn't happening every other weekend. This is an isolated issue. It is, it, it's not you don't have to reinvent the Players Association. You don't have to reinvent the National Hockey League. You have to culturally shift a little, and I don't like that term, but you've got to make people understand that the culture of, well, let's just deal with it internally. This guy's injured. This guy's got a drug problem. That guy's got an alcohol problem. Whatever it is, we'll just deal with it internally. We don't air our dirty laundry out in public. This is not that. This is the the health and well-being of a young man. Yep. And Kyle Beach deserves better. And so does everybody in the NHL. The slippery slope then becomes when does a... And you grew up in dressing rooms. You grew up in the crude, un, unapologetic nature of I'm, the way things work in the dressing room. You got a room full of testosterone. We've already seen it. We've already seen men. it. And and now add in multi-million dollar paychecks and you know there's there's a certain amount of uh what do we call it what 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 am i looking for where there's just no rules like you they make fun of your it's chaos in a sense anything about you is fair game to be made fun of you got to be careful that when you start this you don't shut that dressing room down and turn it into a Sunday school class because that is not what it's, that's not well, fair. We've already seen it. We've, you know, and I'm in no way comparing, comparing the two necessarily because the severity of, of a sexual assault case compared to something like hazing is completely different. But you've, you've seen it in, in that regard where people, where they blur the lines of what, of hazing and bullying Right. And so now you can't do anything that would be deemed um, tradition or part of a brotherhood or anything like that, because it's it's bullying. It's isolating. I I I dealt with it in high school, senior year high school, where where 
tradition when you make when you're freshman and you make the varsity team, you get your head shaved. I I spent four years on varsity earning my right to at when freshmen come in to take part in shaving their heads. Right. I had my head shaved. It's the way it is, and I got ridiculed by by somebody close to me at the time and i won't say i'm sure you know who i'm talking about and for doing it oh it's mean oh it's cruel why would you do that oh it's Mm -hmm. this and that schools have now come in and 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 said you can't do these things which is ridiculous um so you're already seeing it so it's a slippery slope you got to be careful it because part of the the charm and to any female listener out there i'm sorry but let's be real Part of the charm is that that wacky kind of nature in in the dressing room, you know, bending down at untire skates and your teammate pulls a Captain Morgan on you standing there out of the shower. It, it, that's there's no need to be oversensitive about that. No. That's that's brotherhood. That's teammates. That's these things. Part of the problem is our society and our culture has become so soft and so over and so incredibly sensitive to things that now anything that's deemed or or crosses a line in any way is deemed cruel so right. now so now how dare you make this joke my feelings are hurt you know and everything everybody's looking to be offended and that's a problem now having said that there Let's lay the foundation here. You said it. Some things need to change. This idea that you're multi-million dollar athletes and you're competing for a Stanley Cup, so we just don't have the capacity to deal with that right now is bullshit. And especially with something as as heinous as this, this is bad news. This is big. Mm -hmm. And you, you just can't do it. And so... Quenville had to go. Bowman had to go. Um, Taves has been called out now by a few players um, and former players that he's uh, on the ice. He's a, an incredible captain, but off the ice, he's a soft human being. Um, and I can't necessarily disagree if I'm looking at the comments he made in the wake of Stan Bowman resigning. Mm-hmm. Um, at no point did Taves jump out in any comment in anything and, and, stand with Kyle Beach? No. At no point. But when Stan Bowman resigns, he's the first one to post a tweet talking about how awesome and incredible of a guy Stan is. And the optics of that do not look good. So Johnny Boy, I'm not delusional enough to think that you listen to us, but grow up, dude, because that that's that's not good. You're the leader of that team. You were the captain in 2010. You're the captain now. There's a reason why there's issues with your organization now because the leadership top down is very corrupt. It's, it's very it's it's poisoned. It look let, let's <clears throat> let's give Chicago Blackhawks the benefit of the doubt, and I'll go I'll go top to bottom from the Wirtz family to the Stick Boys. They are probably no different than any other team in the league. This just happened in their building that I mean in their in their organization it happened inside of their purview it could have happened to anyone the fix was not good the fix didn't exist and this poor young man Kyle Beach twisted in the wind for 10 years while everybody that was supposed to look out for him didn't 
you've how many times have you seen a few good men? Remember the the storyline, the where the there was a a marine at Gitmo that was perceived to be soft yep. by the others. Yep. They hazed him, they tortured him physically, mentally, and they finally drove him. Well, they were trying to drive him off the base. And what they did was during a hazing accident, he died. Well, they were doing what they thought was best for their, for their unit. They thought they were doing what was best for the Marine Corps and for the men stationed at Gitmo in this fictitious story. But what they did was instead of, instead of protecting their own guy, they tried to ferret him out by making him so miserable that he had to leave to make the, to make the base stronger. The theme there being the, the solution would have been you as a unit band together and you don't vilify the guy, but you go to command and you say, I'm not going in, I'm not going down range with him next to me. Exactly. Nothing, nothing against him as a human being. But if I, if my life is dependent on him, yeah. I'm sorry, but I, I don't think I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm going to make it home then because I just can't do it. Exactly. And so I get what you mean. The, so, we won't get too much into the solution. We're, we're no, finishing up here, correct. but I do want to, I do want to finish here by saying we talk about courage and we talk about these things and the false sense of courage these past dozen years or however long um and we we've seen it in society with um bruce jenner getting a a courage award remember a few years ago instead of noah galloway the 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 marine the the soldier that lost limbs in battle Mm -hmm. and you know the one leg and one arm missing but yet he's doing push-ups and he's doing all this stuff and (laughs) bruce jenner wins a courage award because he decides to wear a dress and call himself Caitlin. Right. I don't like that. Um, these things where, uh, Akeem Alou is deemed cur- courageous for, for, for coming out and standing up against racism when all Bill Peters did, and I'm, I'm sorry, but let's be real. I don't have to be in that room to know exactly what happened. All Bill Peters did was the same thing you might do being an older guy yep. walking through a room and, probably made a, a comment as he walked through the dressing room about, oh, I don't know how young people can listen to this music today. Yeah. And something of that nature. Yeah. And Akeem Alou decided after decided after being cut by half a dozen teams and realizing that he, he doesn't have what it takes to actually play in the NHL, but rather than own up to it, he decided, well, the only reason I didn't make it is because Bill Peters is a racist. He hates my music. He called me the N-word. And I... The reason I'm cut is because Bill Peters went to all his buddies around the league and said, don't play this guy. Yeah, right. That's that's not courage. And that's, that's B- cowardice. That's cowardly. That's BS. Real courage is the young women with USA Gymnastics. Yeah. Standing before standing at before a judge and and sharing their story and fighting for this. Real courage is Kyle Beach. Exactly. Coming, coming out and saying, and, and, and and I want to say Kyle Beach is courageous and I'm I'm not, not to say that the USA gymnastics ladies aren't, or any other woman or any person who is sexually assaulted or anything like that, if it occurred, um, because there is a trend of false accusations going around, but if it occurred that they're not courageous, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am going to say in Kyle Beach's story is this, he's got tremendous courage because yes. he because he's a guy. Yes. There's a stigma. There's a stigma in my in my job choice 
um, of firefighting right. that we're still fighting in regards to some pretty horrific calls we go on mm-hmm. and coming back and just kind of going, oh, well, I'm fine. It never And happened. going home and never happened yeah. and burying it. Um, there's, there's, um, a stigma around these things as, as men, if you look at, um, sexual assault culture that goes to trial, you've seen it depicted in TV shows, you see it in documentaries. How, how can a man be raped? It's, he's a man, right? You know, all these things, um, there's stigmas around it. And so plus not on top of that, but Men have always, for the longest time, been taught by their fathers who've been taught by their fathers that toughness is this way. It's this, it looks this way. And so when these things happen to you, you don't say anything a lot of times because that's not being tough. Right. Sharing your emotions as a man is not tough. It's not manly. It's it's all these things. So Kyle Beach coming out, knowing... The type of comments I'm sure he'd receive, knowing the pushback, knowing all these things, he comes out and he says he was sexually assaulted as a man. Right. He steps out and goes, I was assaulted. I can't deal with it anymore. I got to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. That's courage. Knowing very well how certain people in society will perceive your strength, knowing you know all these different things, that's courage. And It is. Thank you. So... We're going to, I'll finish with that, um, on a positive note toward Kyle, that he's courageous next week, episode 99, we will go a little more in depth on what we kind of touched on with a few good men and things about what a proper solution to these things is. And, and we'll go kind of in depth there and give a detailed, thoughtful, in-depth look at what a proper solution is, an objective solution, not a political or socially driven or anything like that. Objective, quality, in-depth solution to these types of issues that not just in hockey, but in anywhere else. Well, a solution that didn't necessarily might not have to start and end with Kyle Beach and a couple other guys dragging Brad Aldrich out behind the building and knocking him into a coma, which would probably should have happened a few minutes after the incident. But since that didn't seem to be in his best future interest, I understand it. I also want to make sure that everybody understands here, and this was before your time, but courage also looks like Theo Fleury and Sheldon Kennedy. And this was in the 80s. This is, I mean, these are guys that, listen, go read Theo's book, listen to his podcast. He's a fantastic guy. He played at five foot six in a gigantic, nasty, big, mean, violent men's game. And if you don't believe me, look back into the 80s at some of those archive footages of, of games from the 80s. The kid scored 50 goals in the show. He put it together a Hall of Fame career. He battled addiction. He battled all kinds of issues from his upbringing in Russell, Manitoba. He had all manner of problems against him, let alone his size. And he put together a Hall of Fame career, and he is a courageous dude. Sheldon Kennedy is getting a lot more ink right now because of, because of Theo's politics. Nobody mentions Theo Fleury, and shame on you, 
for not even bringing him up in this. He was the first one in to, to report Graham James on this. And because he has an unpopular stance on COVID vaccinations and because he has an unpopular political stance, he is persona non grata. And it's and shame on you for doing that because you are discriminating at a time when you are being vilified for discrimination. Well, so you're 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 discriminating at a time when you when you people and you're damn right I'm going to say you people you people Don Cherry got fired for that shit right. but I'm going to say it you people are discriminating because you people and you know what I mean by you people are. Okay, you people are discriminating time when you people are are saying that love wins. Right. So I let my a prime example and I'm jumping all over the place on different <laughs> on different professions, but a prime example of this is Morgan Wallen. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So you he says the N-word while after having a few drinks with his friends late at night. Yep. There's issues, first of all, with with all that because it was late at night and the, it was picked up by his neighbor's doorbell camera. Oh, so what ended up really? ha- yeah. So what ended up happening is the neighbor t- most likely decided Morgan and his friends are being a nuisance by being loud that late. So took the recording. Oh my God, he called a guy a guy the N word and passed it along. And now here he is banned from every award show and everything mm-hmm. like this. He's got a big middle finger up to everybody having the number <laughs> having the number two album out of on the top two hundred and and selling thirty six thousand tickets in ninety minutes for his concert in Bristol. Nice. They're nice. Do, they're doing a country festival at Bristol Speedway in Beautiful. Tennessee. He sold thirty six thousand tickets for his show in ninety minutes. Bingo. So good for him. But the so point no, is, the he point didn't say the Neilander. It wasn't Neilander. Was the N word he used? Was no. it? Okay. <laughs> but the, the point is, I don't think he should have come out and apologize. At most, he could have should have gone to his neighbor and said, "I apologize for being for being for loud, being loud and keeping you up. Okay. That that can't that can't happen. I apologize. It won't happen again." But he didn't. He went public and he apologized to the masses. I don't think he should have done that, but he did, which is the very thing that people with Black Lives Matter claim they want. They want, they say, they claim they want white people to educate and to to grow and to learn and to adapt and, and do these things, which is what Morgan Wallen has attempted to do, and you still shut him down. Right. So you're shutting him down in the face of the, th- the very thing that you say you want. He's giving you what you want. You still shut him down. Yep. You're doing the same thing. It, it's it's criminal. Yep. And it, it can't continue. And you wonder why. You wonder why poor pe- poor guys like Kyle Beach feel they can't come forward. Right. Or young girls with USA Gymnastics feel like they the system's against them and they can't say anything. Because... For lack of a better way to say it, the system is against him. Yeah. Because if you come out and you say this, you're now going against the system. You're now speaking against this. And, and well, we don't like that. Oh, it goes against revenue. Right. Oh, it goes, you know, and, and I, I, I want to close I with two quick that. points, Evan, and then I will leave you to, the, to wrap it up. Two things to remember here. This kind of courage and social change and cultural change within the National Hockey League is not sweeping. It's isolated. It has nothing to do with Akeem Alou. Absolutely nothing. There's no courage there. There's no cultural change necessary there. That's nonsense. He's a profit taker. 
and a front runner and shame on him for even showing his face at a time when this needs to be about Kyle Beach and positive change. Shame on him for even speaking. Secondly, there are two awful things in this world. Someone in a position of power taking advantage of someone lesser, whether that's a dirty cop, whether it's a, a male sexually assaulting a female, whether it's a coach assaulting a player. Doesn't matter where it is, that's horrible. And there's, as Bill Burr says, there's a special place underneath the prison where you should be buried. Equal to that, and we have to be careful here. I want everybody to understand we have to be really, really careful with this situation. Equally bad is when somebody gets cut or somebody gets their feelings hurt and then they cry sexual assault. The girl, and, and I'm not, I apologize in advance, I'm not sweeping this over everybody, I'm not trying to make any kind of accusations. I'm just saying, there we all know from having watched these things sort out in court that there are people out there that don't feel that they were treated right after they had a sexual relationship who then all of a sudden cry rape. And we gotta be careful that the next guy who gets cut someplace and doesn't feel like he was treated properly, doesn't pull an Akima Lou and cry sexual assault and or ruin somebody's life, like that, yeah. brand someone a sexual predator and a and and ruin their entire life, their livelihood, their family, their their entire world. It is a cracked. slippery slope because be that's where careful with that. we're right on the be edge of that. Careful. We're right on the edge of that because we're already there with with the race issue. Hypersensitivity. Everybody be, now everything's now everything's racist. Yeah. So you got to be careful what you say and do because oh my god, are you racist? And so we're getting to that point. Yeah. And so we're right on the edge too with the sexual su stuff. Be and you do have to be careful. I'm a hundred percent, without doubt, can say it without hesitation that this happened to oh, Kyle no, and no and everything like that. All I'm saying, like just like you're saying, is fight for justice for Kyle. Yes. But do it in a, in a proper way, and we'll discuss the solutions next week. Get the fix. But, but do the solutions in the proper way yep. so that you don't create a landslide of people who now want to ride the coattails of this situation and and make similar statements, however falsely. Right. Because... I can't believe, I mean, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the kid from Littleton Hockey growing up that I played. His family was all just, what? Oh, what's his name? But don't, you know, crying, not able to take responsibility for the fact that you just weren't good enough to make it. Right. It happens. You and weren't good enough to make it. So sit down, go to work, try again next time. But, right. but close your mouth because what you're doing is you're doing the very thing you claim to hate when when it happens to you. Yes. You hate when it happens to you, the black man. So don't do it to somebody else regarding race or sexual assault or anything yes. like that unless it happened. If it happened, absolutely. Step forward, be courageous, and let's start the ball rolling. But if it didn't happen, don't ruin somebody. Because yeah. what ends up happening is even if it gets proven that it was f a false accusation... It's still on the person's record, and employers will still look at that, that, that they were charged with a sexual crime, and they will not allow you to be there. More often than not, you were charged with a sexual crime, which means even if you aren't tagged with a sex offender label, 
you will not be allowed to live within X amount of pl- place of a school or be around your, your sister's kids right. or be around this or that all because some jagoff decided in the wake of not being good enough to make it that I'm going to pass the buck and say the only reason I didn't make it is because you because assaulted he, me. Yeah. And so you got to be careful that it did happen in a day of, in the day of social media, you don't even have to be charged. No. It just has to hit somebody's Twitter account right. or some nonsense. And all of a sudden the, the, the pieces start to crumble around the foundation of your life. So just be careful. Don't protect anybody that is actually a predator in any regard, yep. but do not rush to judgment. Let's figure out what the fix is. We'll get to that next episode and make sure that this does not happen again. We can't change the past. We can change the future. A couple heavy episodes these next couple weeks. Uh, War on the Hockey Podcast, episode 98 this week. Next week, um, part two of of all this for episode 99. And then lighten the mood a little bit with episode 100 for our 100th episode. Um, Hopefully we'll have our favorite goaltender here and uh, get it done in studio before um, we part ways again for... Um, Zoom conversations moving forward, but um, could we make could we do a number one hundred after five so we can have beer? That would work out, wouldn't it? Well, technically, people won't know what time it is when we're recording, so we could just have alcohol and oh. while we're while we're cheers and let's let's down some. You know, that's why you're in cocktails. charge. Nobody that's knows what time it is. It's, it doesn't have a time stamp while we're doing it. So, <laughs> but episode ninety nine next week. Uh, thanks for joining in. Yeah. Heavy couple of episodes, but we hope you you take it in and enjoy it. Warm the hockey podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Warm the hockey podcast, and at Warm the hockey podcast. Respectfully uh, engage with us. Write in, share stories, talk to us. Uh, it's episodes like this that we're we're happy to hear from you, so we can we can discuss more important topics. But yep. um, head head to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and all those so- audio platforms, and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, share, and hit the notification bell. And we will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers! Cheers! Thanks.